What's going on, guys? This is the Carson Comic Talk Show, episode number 72. And I'm finally back from my vacation. Um, I took a, a one-day vacation yesterday. Went to Atlantic City. It was a very, very fun time, guys. That's why I didn't record an episode of my podcast yesterday. And the day before, I had a family get-together. So, yeah, I had fun, so I didn't record that day. But I have a, this episode today will make up for the most recent past few days that I have not uploaded an episode. This is a big, huge, jam-packed episode. I have some more fantasy football talk and projections for you guys. This time, I'm talking about my fantasy football projections. Because last time I did underrated players, 10 out of order underrated players who I think that you should don't not that you should shouldn't sleep on and you should get and now I'm going to talk about t- uh, uh, 10 out of order overrated players that you shouldn't draft and you shouldn't stay away from and I have some college football talk but that's later that is later let's get into this guys so first First player I'm going to be talking about that's overrated in terms of fantasy football and players you shouldn't draft and should stay away from is Will Fuller, Houston Texans receiver. Now, with that being said, he did have over 500 receiving yards last year. He had 670 exact receiving yards last year. But I'm only saying he's overrated in terms of fantasy football and you shouldn't draft him because he's injury prone. Now... With that being said, his production on the field has helped the Texans a lot last year, and it helped him a lot, and was one of the reasons why the, the passing game was so good with Deshaun Watson, one of the most athletic quarterbacks in the NFL, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, of course, D-Hop was a beast, over 1,000 receiving yards, but Will Fuller did his thing. He, had, he didn't have quite 1,000 receiving yards. He had a decent amount. He had 670, but... For an injury-prone player like that, 670 receiving yards with being banged up some games and being out some games and being injured and being as injury-prone as he is, he still has over 500 receiving yards, which is half a thousand receiving yards, and he had 670. But I think that's very impressive, but just to the fact that he's really injury-prone and has been really injury-prone over the course of his whole NFL career, I, I'm staying away from him in terms of fantasy football. I will not get him. But with that being said, when he's on the field, he is very productive, very good, very good hands, speed demon, very good hands, very good playmaker, and it will be a big reason why I think Watson is going to have a, a really good receiving core this year with Will Fuller getting Randall Cobb from the Cowboys, former Packer with Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers during that era and team and that Packers team and they have Brandon Brandon Cooks they got him from the Rams same with him he's injury prone so it's Brandon Cooks and they got um Kiki Kuti he's not bad but the big loss is Hopkins but they still have more tools in the shed and really and decent decent overall series Brandon Cooks um was very good for the Rams but he was just injured a lot of the season. A lot of the seasons he was there. Or he was injured a lot last year. But with that being said, yeah, I wouldn't go go for Wolf Fuller. I think that's a no for me. And next, I'm going to be talking about, and I don't think you should. Next, I'm going to be talking about, at number two, next, I'm going to be talking about is Ryan Tannehill. He is a big, big one. One of the biggest players on this list, I think, is one of the most overrated. Now, man, oh, man. 
everyone was raving up the Tennessee Titans and Ryan Tannehill's performance in 12 total games, non-regular season, that he played for the Titans, and the three playoff games, two that he won against the Patriots and Ravens, and the one that he lost in the AFC Championship against the Chiefs and the reigning Super Bowl champions. Man, oh man, everyone's hyping, everyone was hyping up the Tennessee Titans and how good Ryan Tannehill and his production last year. I'll give him that. He had 2,742 passing yards. Not a career high, but still really good in 12 total games and 9 total regular season games with the Titans. And he had 22 touchdowns on top of that. And he had, he was a leader in terms of quarterback rating slash passer rating with a 117.5, which is great. A definitely career high, and he led the league in terms of QB rating with 117.5 slash passer rating. That, that's a stat that proves, hey, Ryan Tannehill fits with the with this Titan scheme and system and offensive scheme and system, he, I don't think he's as much of a systematic quarterback as say, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo and his situation with the 49ers. I think Ryan Tannehill has been an average quarterback over his whole career. I don't think he's anything special. Like I said, I think he's just been an average quarterback his whole career with the Dolphins. Yes, he's had his cliche of impressive seasons and career high seasons. He had over 4,000 passing yards in two different seasons. He had over 3,000 passing yards a few seasons, over 2,000 passing yards. Of course, last year in nine total regular season games and plus three, two away playoff games that he won and, the, and he lost the AFC Championship against the Chiefs. He had 2,742 yards passing with 22 touchdowns. With he and the league, he's a league, and he was a league leader in terms of QB rating slash pass rating with 117.5. That's very impressive, guys. Tannehill is nothing out of the ordinary average after your ordinary average quarterback. I think he is a. I think he was solid. He never really had a lot of playoff success. He wasn't very a very good leader. Didn't have that much talent around him. He had, of course, Devontae Parker with Brian Flores and the Dolphins. Um, Jai for some time, but he was gone. Well, they got Jordan Howard now, and they got Matt Breida. And, you know, guys like Albert Wilson, who's decent, is not that good. He's okay. Of course, Jakeem Grant, the speed demon, who's really quick and really fast. But, yeah, I've always thought Ryan Tano was an average overall quarterback. He has a good arm, but not great arm. Good accuracy, but not too great of accuracy. Good mobility, but not too great of mobility. Can't get everything done. Can't always break tackles. He's not the fastest quarterback. He's not Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen, Wentz, um, Dwayne Haskins. He's not. He doesn't have that type of mobility. But again, he has decent mobility. He's just the makeup of an average overall quarterback. I think last season people th get things mis uh, mixed up. He had a uh, better than average season last year and people and he got the comeback player of the year award which I do agree with him getting last year but I think he's still going to be dropped back to his inconsistent inconsistency level play up and down up and down up and down like he was for about six seven years around seven years with, with the Miami Dolphins dating back to 2012 but Ryan Tannehill is an average quarterback I think he's a little bit better than average right now coming off that season <sighs> With the Titans that he led them to the AFC Championship. And they didn't even win the division. The Texans won the division. And, the, okay, number one, 
They started out with a two and four record. Number two, Tannehill came in. And I mean, number two, they they clinched a playoff spot at ten and six at a wild card spot. A ten and six wild card spot. A ten and six wild card spot. <laughs> Texans had a better record than them, and they won the division. Well, I mean, the Texans won the division, but. They 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 sort of tied in the division, so they played each other in the wild card game. So they played the Texans played the Bills. I mean, the Texans weren't in the Bills division. Never mind. The Texans. Oh my god, my bad. I mixed up the Bills and Titans. We're talking about the Titans, not the Bills. Forget the Bills. I messed up. Pardon my language. Forget what I said about the Bills. We're not talking about the Bills. We're not talking about Josh Allen yet. That just hinted that I just hinted that Josh Allen's on this list. But we're talking about. Quarterback Ryan Tannehill and the, and the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans made the playoffs, and they had a Cinderella run to the AFC Championship and lost. But the fact that they even got there was so impressive. They started with a two and four record. Number one, they started with a two and four record. Number two, they clinched a playoff spot at nine and seven, and it was a wild card spot with not even winning the division. So the Texans won the division. So they made it to the AFC Championship and lost, but they still made it to the AFC Championship. With having a two and four start on the season, a losing record in the first near, a little bit past quarter of the first quarter of the season, and a little bit under half of the the first half of the season at, at the first six games, for the two and four record, and they were not the division winner. The Texans had a better record than them and won the division, and they had two and they had three road playoff games, one. In a row, one, it faced off in a very good New England. Uh, Tannehill faced a very good New England team and defense. You know, and a very a decent offense with Sean McDaniel's offense coordinator. And, of course, Bill Belichick, the master nine behind this 20-year dynasty. With Brady also, the GOAT of all quarterbacks ever. Greatest quarterback of all time. But, yeah... And then they won in New England at Gillette Stadium, about 20 to 13. Then they had to travel place and, and play the number one seed in the AFC, the Baltimore Ravens. And the reigning MVP, Lamar Jackson, who led the league in rush yards for the quarterback, he had over 200, 2,000 rushing yards. 2,106 rushing yards he had. <clears throat> Which led the league. And not to mention, he also led the league in passing touchdowns. <clears throat> Sorry guys, my, my throat is a little bit no clogged. <clears throat> but yeah. Number one, Titans made the playoffs with starting out with a two and four wreck before they benched Mariota for Tannehill. And that of course led them to nine wins. And they from that never let led them to six wins. Six more wins and three losses from the two and four record. For them to go nine and seven. I mean, it's he led them to seven more wins from their two and four record and three losses. <clears throat> Overall, to clinch a wild card spot, nine and seven. So, number one, they they made the playoffs. Um, ever since. 
at starting out with a two and four record. Number two, he had three straight away game, away playoff games. At one at New England, and a mastermind Bill Belichick and and, and the greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady, and they won twenty thirteen. They had to travel to play the not only that they had to travel to play the number one seed in the AFC, fourteen and two, Baltimore Ravens, John Harbaugh and the reigning MVP Lamar Jackson, and they won that game. And then they had to travel to the reigning Super Bowl champions, and and the Kansas City Chiefs, and they lost, but they put up a good effort. They they led fourteen zero at one point. They led the Chiefs by two touchdowns at one point. If they got Derrick Henry touchdown, they got an Anthony Ferkser, who's backup tight end for the Titans. He got a touchdown. He was back with the John Smith. But yeah, Tannehill faced a lot of adversity and didn't fold under pressure and showed he can handle the pressure, especially in the playoffs, with three straight away games, two that he won, one that he fell short of. But it was against the reigning. It's against, it was against the Chiefs. High-powered offense. Mahomes, Tyree Kill, Kelsey, Watkins, <coughs> Demarcus Robinson, Damian Williams. Well, not Damian Williams anymore because he just opted out. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to be a beast this year. Going to get a chance. <coughs> but, yeah, I think Tannehill over his career has been a little bit inconsistent. Um, I think he's going to get back to being inconsistent next year. I think it was a fluke. Um, on to James. I'm going to talk about James Conner now. So, yeah, don't go for Tannehill because he's not that good compared to other quarterbacks. I think he's a little bit inconsistent. So, on, we talk about to James Conner. Yes, James Conner had a really good year in 2018. But last year, he had best year of his career by far with 900. In terms of rush yards, by 500 rushing yards. That's how much better of a year he had. He had 973 rushing yards, nearly 1,000 rushing yards, and on top of that, he had 12 touchdowns last year in 2019. And in 10 games, so he had 973 rushers, nearly 1,000 rushing yards, under 30, under 30 yards short of 1,000 yards rushing, and he had 12 touchdowns last year in only 10 games. So his stats improved vastly, and he played less games. Then in 2019, he had... In 13 games, he had 464 rushing yards, and he had four touchdowns. So the touchdowns dropped by eight, 12. He had 12 last year and, and four in 2018. I think that's partly because Levy, uh, but Le'Veon Bell, pressure was on James Conner to take Le'Veon Bell's spot. He did show flashes of having, being a really good back, but Le'Veon Bell did. He held out, so all the pressure was on James Conner to prove everyone wrong. And he he's can't he was cancer free at the point. Props to um, James Connery. Fought off cancer in college at Pitt. Oh my God! One of the most dangerous and fatal diseases in American in America. But yeah, like I mentioned, it's weird how his stats and interesting and kind of suspicious how his stats really plummeted up and went. Sky high up, and it had nearly a thousand yards rushing in 973, under 30 yards rushing away from him, a thousand yards rushing, and he had also 12 touchdowns. But in 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 and that was in 10 games last year in 2019, and that's he had a year under his belt starting when Le'Veon Bell had out in 2018 already. But in the year he first came in and started starting for Le'Veon Bell, because Bell obviously had out wanting a max crucial contract. He had, James Conner had 464 rushing yards and four touchdowns, like I mentioned, 
the decrease of almost near like around 500 rushing yards and a decrease of eight touchdowns. And he played more games, played three more games than he did in 2019 with 10. He played 13 games. So the stats were worse when he played more games in 2018. And I think that's mainly because the pressure um, category and the pressure factor. I think he was pressured to do too much than I think he really could. But he, he did a lot. I mean, they weren't even that bad. I think they were Steelers were 8-7-1. and one. <clears throat> They were pu- pushing for the playoffs. They had a chance, but no. Yeah, James Conner is very much injury-prone, though. Very good player, but he's very much injury-prone. In and out of the lineup, 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 in and out of the lineup. But he is very much injury-prone, so that's why I will not get him, guys. On to Josh Allen. Now, guys, Josh Allen had 3,089 yards passing last year and 20 touchdowns. Both career highs. Only in the second year and led his team to have playoff in the, in the playoffs. But, of course, lost in the wild card to great athletic quarterback Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans and Bill O'Brien. <clears throat> I mean, Josh Allen, what he showed me last year, he showed me a quarterback that has progressed a lot and has gotten a lot better from his rookie year in 2018. Improved so much that the team around him, the Bills, he made them better. The chemistry was better. Yes, he had John Brown who had over 1,000 yards receiving. He had Cole Beasley who had around 500 yards receiving. Dawson Knox was okay. Devin Singletary is good in the running game, but he's a very young, talented quarterback and has a very talented arm. One of the best best arm strengths in the league, top ten, maybe even top five. Not not his arms isn't stronger or his arm isn't stronger, nor is it even close to being like Mahomes, Matthew Stafford, or Russell Wilson. Well it's close to, but it's not stronger than theirs. But Josh Allen really improved a lot last year and took a huge step. Um, but now that he has playoff experience under his belt, including because of the loss against the Texans, but it's still the playoffs, that seemed to impressive ten and six record under Sean McDermott as a head coach. Very, very impressive. But now let's get in, let's break him down a little bit. He has a really good arm strength, great arm talent, best part of his game. Let's dive a little bit deeper into his arm. Accuracy, again, progressed and got too much, almost too much better. Got a lot. His accuracy got a lot better, on th- including th- all three levels of the field, short, medium, deep. His accuracy improved a lot from his rookie year. His rookie year, was I was kind of suspicious, and I was like, what? He missed throws that an NFL quarterback should be able to make, especially an NFL quarterback of his frame. And an NFL quarterback of, of being having that strong of an arm, you gotta have really good accuracy. Came in the next year, which was this most recent season last year, and absolutely balled out. Like I mentioned, over 3,000 passing yards, 2,089 passing yards, 20 touchdowns. Let his team do a 10-6 record, uh, even though they lost in the wild card. But it led his team to the playoffs. But his accuracy very much improved. He fit. He has he he threw passes very well last year. Very great accuracy. Fit. Um, passes in tight windows and tight spots, great throws, made great reads last year, but it still has room for improvement. I say it's, accuracy is pretty good, but it's not great. He has really good accuracy and trajectory and touching his deep ball, though. 
But his accuracy overall still needs a tiny bit more improvement. It's not where I think it can be, but, you know, it's okay. I mean, it's not okay. It's pretty good. But, yeah, and his mobility. <clears throat> he has a mobile quarterback. He's, a, he's pretty mobile. He can get things done. He can escalate plays, keep the play, drag the play on, keep the play moving for his receivers. You know, he buys more time with his legs for his receivers by eluding defenders for his receivers. You know, get open for him to find his receivers. But, <clears throat> sorry guys, that's just my throat. But, yeah, Josh Allen overall is a quarterback. I think he's overrated for fantasy. Um, he was very consistent last year, let's say in the playoffs, but he still has a lot of things to improve on. He's very young, but I'm not saying it's a fluke, but I'm just saying I think he's a little bit overrated in terms of fantasy. On to, I'm going to talk about Leonard Fournette. Now, you guys are probably going to be like, oh, you had a very impressive year last year. You had over a thousand yards rushing last year, blah, blah, blah. Yes, I know. Despite Leonard Fournette having over a thousand yards rushing last year, he had 1,152 yards rushing last year. But, guess how much games he played? 15 games. He played 15 games. Is that loud enough for you guys to hear? 15 games. As... In his second year, 2018, you know how much games he played? Eight games. Half of the season. Eight games. That's a big difference from miss only missing one game and playing 15 games last year. Then 2018, missing half the damn season and playing only eight games. And like, that proves my point even more. He played 15 games, so of course he's going to produce way more in the running game because he's a very talented young Running back going into his fourth NFL season. Very talented, very young. He's a mixture of a very good power back. Also, uh, providing very good speed off the edge. And he breaks a lot of tackles. He's a good back. Very good back. And a very, very good back for the Jaguars to have. So, yeah, that proves my point even more. He only uh, he had a very good year last year. 1,152 rushing yards last year because he played 15 games. When a player is on the field more, and this, you know, connects to Will Fuller. Will Fuller played what? Will Fuller with <coughs> Will Fuller was injury prone almost basically every year of his career. He's injury prone a lot, but guess what? If Fuller was healthy, fifteen games like Leonard Fournette was last year, I guarantee you he'd have at least eight hundred receiving yards, nine receiving yards. But in the time he he played, he still produced a little bit, had six hundred seventy, and that also relates. Two guys like Evan Ingram, who last year had 467 receiving uh, receiving yards. But that's because Evan Ingram played eight games last year. That's why he had 467. But when he played in 2018, he, had, he played 11 games. That's three more games. He had 577. See, the stats are going up. And then when he played 2017, he played 15 out of 16 games. He only missed one game. He had 722 receiving yards. See what I'm talking about? These are young and very talented, skilled NFL players. Leonard Fournette is a very good young running back. Will Fuller is a very, very good secondary receiver. And Evan Ingram is a very good young tight end, but injuries just have been derailing these guys' careers. Yeah, but Leonard Fournette is a great running back, but I do think his stats plummeted up with 1,152 rushing yards last year. 
only because he played more games. So obviously he can produce more. But in 2018, he only played eight games. He had 439 rushing yards. So obviously his stats plummeted when he played less games. But I was happy to see that Leonard Fournette played 15 games last year. He's one of my favorite running backs in the NFL. Love to watch him play. And he bought out last year over 1,000 yards rushing, 1,152. But just despite the fact that Leonard Fournette is just because of the fact that Leonard Fournette is injury prone, I would stay away from for fantasy and get a running back that is way more consistency has way more better consistency in certain in terms of his health and in terms of his play on the field. But yeah, I'm only gonna pass on him because of him being injury prone. Next, we talk about Evan Ingram. Now, just like Leonard Fournette, Evan Ingram is very much in- injury prone. Now, in eight games played, guys, last year, Evan Ingram had 467 receiving yards. In 2018, okay, and the Giants missed him heavily in in big games last year. Yes, the Giants were one of the worst teams in the NFL, had a very, 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 very bad record. But, <clears throat> um, Okay, in the games he played, he had 467 receiving yards in eight out of the eight games he played. So in half of the year, he totaled eight games played. He had 40, nearly 500 receiving yards, a little bit under that, about 30 under that, a little bit over 30 under that. He had 467. But look at 2018, the previous year. He had 577 receiving yards, but he played 11 games. See, the more games these, these really good players play, and Evan Ingram... See, Evan Ingram played in three more games, and his stats went up. Had a five, over 500 receiving yards. He had 577 receiving yards. He's just in, these players are just inconsistent in terms of health. That's why you don't want to look at them and get them for fantasy. If they were health, yes, you might get them, say, if they play most of the season, 12, 13, 14, 15 games out of the 16 total regular season games in the season, not including the playoffs. But yes, Evan Ingram is a really good player. Um, injuries are just derailing his career. Injuries have just kept him from being this, like the unbelievable star player he is. And yeah, I w- I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on him. I think he's a very good young tight end. I think he's going into his fourth year this year. Um, he just needs to stay healthy, and that will not only benefit him from having w- way better stats and for him to, you know, make plays for the Giants, but that will also benefit the New York Giants to have another. Very big target because they lost Odo Beckham from the Giants in 2018, and and that hurt them. They still have Sterling Shepard. You know they have Golden Tate, but Golden Tate's injury prone also. Sterling Shepard isn't the most healthy. He's kind of injury prone also. Corey Coleman's injury. So all these players are really injury prone. But yeah, Evan Ingram is a very good tight end. I did not put Evan Ingram when I did earlier on another day in my podcast before. I talked about my top 10, one of my top 10 fantasy tight ends in order, and I did not have him on that list only because he's one of the most injury-prone tight ends on that list. And injury-prone is an absolute hell for fantasy. But yeah, <clears throat> that's why he's just injury-prone. That's why I wouldn't get him. On to Jimmy Garoppolo. Let me talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unbelievable year last year in his third year with the 49ers. Not third over year, third over year, overall year in the NFL, but third year overall year for the 49ers. Technically, he was injured a lot in 2017-2018. But Jimmy G had 3,900. Jimmy Garoppolo had 3,978 passing yards. And on top of that, 27 touchdowns. And on top of that, and over an 100 quarterback slash passer rating and 100 
and 2.0 passer, quarterback rating slash passer rating, which is which is pretty good, and which is among the best quarterback ratings slash passer ratings in the NFL uh, compared to other quarterbacks. It's not Ryan Tannehill's 117.5 that led the NFL in terms of quarterback ratings and passer rating, but it's up there. Now, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is kind of overrated in real life. Yes, he's learned under Tom Brady's wing for for a few for some years for the New England Patriots. It's like just just as Jacoby Brissett, but Garoppolo turned out to be better. Each went off and and stemmed off to their own teams. Brissett started with the Colts last year because Ange- uh, of Andrew Luck's retirement, and Garoppolo had a lot of success this year with the forty not uh with the forty ers well, he really stemmed off of the tree, really left the Patriots in 2017. And that's, at the time, Kyle Shanahan came to the 49ers, too. But, there brings up my point. Jimmy Garoppolo is a way better systematic quarterback than he is a real quarterback. <clears throat> that he is, I mean, than he is on just just his own com- uh, mechanics. What he's really good at, he has a decent arm, a really he has good accuracy, a pretty good arm, pretty good accuracy. His mobility can use improvement, but for his traits and at his skill level, fits perfectly in the 49ers offensive scheme and system, especially under unbelievable one of the best coaches in the NFL in Kyle Shanahan and his his dad, Mike Shanahan, Hall of Fame coach, one of my favorite coaches, um especially one of my favorite coaches. I love me some Mike Shanahan. One of the best coaches of, of all freaking time. Mike Shanahan recently, did, the last team he coached was the Washington Redskins in 2013. But, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo is a great quarterback. Yeah, you can say all you want. Jimmy Garoppolo had a fantastic year, near 4,000 4, passing yards. He had 3,978 passing yards, over 25 passing touchdowns, which is good. 27 passing touchdowns. 27 passing touchdowns he had. And over an 100.0 quarterback slash pass rating. He had 102.0 pass rating. Yes, the stats look flashy and very good, but I think it's it's in the shadow of him. What's not being put out on social media and the internet is just his talent level for being in a really good system. I think he's a systematic quarterback. He's a perfect quarterback and a perfect system for the 49ers, Kyle, in a system where Kyle Shanahan is a great play caller, gets 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 the apple doesn't fall from the, far from the tree. Got a lot of his knowledge from his dad. Been studying his dad. He's been going to his favorite team, the 49ers. He loved Deion Sanders, the 49ers coach Kyle Shanahan, when he was a kid. When he was around 14, he was a ball boy, and the 49ers run to the Super Bowl. And he got to spend time with players like Steve Young, icons like Steve Young, Jerry Rice, Deion Sanders, and those guys. But I think Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo is in a perfect system with great coach, one of the best coaches in the NFL. Now, throughout the whole entire season, Kyle Shanahan has been an offensive genius, like Sean McVay in the twenty-eight for the twenty eighteen Rams when they had the run to the Super Bowl and lost. It's the same concept. They played great all year. They played great all year. Played really good in the playoffs, and then. Fluked in the Super Bowl. Just that—that's the similarities between happened for both Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay. Both very smart-minded fo- uh, football coaches. They have a lot of football knowledge. More for way, 
a lot of football knowledge. Um, both have have great have have really really good minds for the game of football. Um, both really heavy football minded. But yeah, both of them said. I think I think both of them seem to seem to struggle a little bit in their play calling in the Super Bowl. But I think it's a complete opposite. That's where they differ. Sean McVay called bad plays in the Super Bowl for Jared Goff and the Rams. I don't think he called the right plays. Consistency to to. to, you know, redirect their team and just play well. And really, I don't think Sean McVay did a vet. Sean McVay is one of the smartest football head coaches in the NFL. But he didn't do, he didn't have, he didn't play, his play calling wasn't as good as it should be to counter what the Patriots' defensive scheme was. And the Patriots had really good defense at the time. Stephon Gilmore, Jason McCourty, Devin McCourty. Um, they gave up the Ron Harmon to the uh, Lions. <clears throat> of course, Kyle Van Noy. They had a very good defense, but Sean McVay, you know, he could have... It, or it could have been this. No one really knows. But I I knew Sean McVay struggled on, on his play calling. Now, what I think happened is the second half adjustments for, for McVay when, when, when the Rams played the Patriots in the Super Bowl, I think he stood to his game plan. I think they... Look, but heading into the Super Bowl, McVay and the Rams have already countered what the Patriots scheme was going to be and do. They already knew how the Patriots, what their alignments was, what zone coverage, man coverage, what, what their overall scheme was, and they already countered it. They formed it in practice and countered and had the right play calls to do to counter their defensive scheme already. But when the Patriots started doing, started switching up their schemes and, and their coverages and the generality and generality of their defense. McVeigh folded. Once the Patriots starting shutting Goff down, they don't, mind you, they only scored a field goal. But once that started happening, they had it, you head into halftime, and McVeigh says, "Oh, it's all right. They'll go back to the regular defensive scheme. We've already had that countered." But instead, what he really should have done is countered what the defensive scheme that they countered. The new offensive scheme that they had going into the Super Bowl because the Patriots count already countered the the offensive scheme that McVay had ready for the Super Bowl that he countered the old Patriots defensive scheme. What he really should have done is countered the scheme that countered his offensive scheme in the first half of the Super Bowl, and then in going the going into the half he should have countered and, and switched around his offensive scheme to you know. Maybe get more things in the middle of the field. Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks. Well, obviously, Brandon Cooks on the Texas now, but I'm just saying 2018 Super Bowl. Maybe he should have countered the scheme and the defense. The second. So, yeah, he should have countered the, the other defensive scheme that already countered his offensive scheme going to the Super Bowl. That's where I think they differ. Now, Shanahan. And I think that was, that was a, a result why they lost. Now, Shanahan. I think Shanahan called very good plays because he had his team right there uh, 
actually in the driver's seat. They were winning at at one point. It was a very very good Super Bowl game, high scoring game. But I think that they had it. But I think Jimmy Garoppolo was a main reason. You can't blame this all on Kyle Shanahan. I think Kyle Shanahan did his job, called great plays like he's been doing the whole season to help his team win. And it's been working all season, so I don't think you can blame this all on the coach. I think Jimmy Garoppolo's... Garoppolo played well, but Garoppolo played well also. But I think they should have ran the ball more. Because obviously they kept going to Kittle and Debo Samuel... Kendrick Bourne and Emmanuel Sanders and all those guys and and the Chiefs started countering that and started playing more man coverage and and started doubling Kittle and they started they already countered that but that's where you hand off the ball that you got to get establish a consistent running game but yeah overall I think Garoppolo is a very systematic quarterback I think he's going to be inconsistent this year especially Debo Samuel is being out for a little bit of some time. And then you got, they lost Emmanuel Sanders and Marquise Goodwin. Emmanuel Sanders to the Saints, Marquise Goodwin to the Eagles. So that's a lot of loss. So guys like Kendrick Bourne, Dante Pettis got to really step up. But yeah, I'm going to pass on Jimmy Garoppolo because I think he's going to be inconsistent this year because of what I just said. And number eight, Jordan Howard. Let me talk about Jordan Howard. Now, Jordan Howard did have 525 rushing yards with the Eagles last year in 10 games. Now, that's not bad for 10 games, but that compared... To his previous stats in, like, say, 2016, 2017 through 2018. Two of those years, back-to-back, he had a 1,000 yards rushing seasons. It was e- either 2016, then 2017, or 2017, then 2018. But in two of those years, out of those three years, back-to-back, any two of those years, he had over a 1,000 yards rushing. was very dominant for the Bears, Chicago Bears. The thing with Jordan Howard is he's injury-prone. Well, especially with the Eagles. Um, yes, he's on the Dolphins as of right now because Miles Sanders is going to take the full workload. Be a beast for us, this, the Eagles, this year. But the thing with him is he's he's not too much injury prone, but I think now it started a chain reaction. Last year he's going to get injured. He's going to get injured again and again and again. Um, but also, in the games he played, he wasn't that effective. Um, Eagles didn't have a, as as an effective running game as Miles Sanders had when he played the, the the games he played in than the games Jordan Howard played in. Miles Sanders had more rushing yards than Jordan Howard. Miles Sanders did play a lot of the season, but a rookie had more rushing yards than a veteran who had a back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons in the past five seasons. But Jordan Howard, I'm going to pass because he's not he's injury-prone. But I had David Montgomery. I would probably take him over David Montgomery. But he's just injury-prone, so I'm going to have to pass. Now I'm going to talk about Carrion Johnson. He is very much injury prone. Carrion Johnson last year had 403 rushing yards. And in, in eight total games. And so he had 403 rushing yards, which is under 500 rushing yards, through half of the season. Half of the season. That's unbelievable. That's not that bad. I'm not saying that's unbelievable. I'm saying that's decent. But I'm saying he's injury prone. He's in and out of the lineup, in and out of the lineup. Bo Scarborough had to come in and start over him when he was injured for some time. The carry-on Johnson is just never really consistently healthy. He's in. He's, he's healthy for one game, injured the next, healthy, injured. You know, some games he has a streak where he goes healthy, then he gets injured. He gets injured a lot. 
I think he has a lot of potential and talent. He's also he's also from Auburn. Well, I think I'm not gonna get him here. Yes, they get the Lions themselves have a good two running back punch and combo with Carryon Johnson and DeAndre Swift. But just the fact that he's injury prone, I will not get him for fantasy. Next, I'm gonna talk about Hunter Henry. He's really injury prone. He did have 662 receiving yards last year in 12 total games. Now that's good. That's not bad. That that's good for the Chargers, saying that they had two receivers who went for one that went for over 1,200 receiving yards, and, and um nearly 1,300 receiving yards in Keenan Allen, and one that had slightly over a thousand yards receiving. So they had two receivers that went for over a thousand yards receiving, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. And then you have Hunter Henry at 662 receivers, but he's in and out of the lineup, in and out of the lineup, in and out of the lineup. He's injury prone. And in 2018, he missed a whole year due to injuries. So, yeah, injuries are there throughout his career. But, yeah, I'm not going to get, I want to get him because he's injury prone. But, yeah. Yeah, guys. Oh, and I have some college football talk. Some news and alerts to update you guys on. And, yes, um, the Pac-12 is going to delay their season to the spring. And I'm so happy it's staying. I was so mad. I damn near cried that when they said the Big Ten. And the Big Ten is going to delay their season to the spring. I hope to play in the spring also. I'm happy that college football is at least staying. I'm still mad that it's not in the fall. At least we have NFL, though. But, yeah. So, college, a lot of college football conferences are looking to delay their season to the spring time due to the coronavirus. But at least it's not canceled because I love college football and football overall. But, yeah, guys, I'll pretty much wrap things up, and I'll talk to you guys later.